G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Hey, it's Tuesday once again, and on a Tuesday, you'll know that we love to check on breaking news headlines as they come from Israel and the Middle East, because we're keeping an eye on what's happening in that part of the world that we would still identify as having the people of God, God's chosen people returned to the land of Israel. Ron Ross scours the headlines on a Monday night, so that on a Tuesday morning, we can have all the latest. And Ron's back with us. Hi, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who's vowing that all settlements will be annexed on July 1st, but other lands may wait. What's the story here? Yeah, Netanyahu told settler leaders on Sunday that he still intends to annex all West Bank settlements on July 1. That's the earliest allowed by his coalition deals, but he acknowledged that annexing other lands allocated to Israel under the Trump peace plan will likely take more time. Netanyahu's comments would mean the government would initially annex about 3% of West Bank territory, covering the 132 settlements, home to some 450,000 Israelis. The remainder of the roughly 30% that the Trump deal grants to Israel, most of which is in the Jordan Valley, would be annexed at a later period when the joint U.S.-Israeli mapping committee finishes determining the exact territorial divisions beyond the pre-1967 Green Line. Now, this annexation is causing a great deal of debate in Israel, Uh, I listened to General Amrador last week, and he was saying the decision to annex has been uh, powered by political points of view, but he said the military handling of the annex could be very difficult for security forces. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on this, and as I was looking at it this morning, I thought our participation should be to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Ron, just a little bit of clarity around this, because as I understand it, when we talk about the West Bank communities, those are the biblical lands, Judea and Samaria. Is that the way is that the way we think of it when we're thinking of the geography? Yeah, that's right. And most of the West Bank mayors at that meeting with Netanyahu have expressed their support for the Trump plan. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Ron, let's move to another headline. Reports are circulating that Saudi Arabia and Israel are in secret talks over the control of the Temple Mount, currently controlled by Jordan. What's the story there? Saudi Arabia and Israel are holding secret negotiations to allow Saudi representatives to join the WAC Islamic Council that controls the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Currently, the WAC is controlled from Jordan. Israeli press reports the talks are being mediated by the United States and are taking place against the background of President Trump's peace proposal for solving the Israeli-Palestinian conflict 
and Israel's plan to annex large tracts of the West Bank and the Jordan Valley. These are sensitive and secret discussions conducted with ambiguity and low intensity with a small team of diplomats and senior security officials from Israel, the U.S., and Saudi Arabia. Jordan informed Washington and Jerusalem that Saudi representatives would be allowed to join the WAC under specific conditions. So this is going to be one to watch. Let's turn our attention to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, They've been a significant discovery during the 20th century, but there's a pioneering DNA study now that's revealed that not all Dead Sea Scrolls are from the Dead Sea region. What are the headlines telling us here, Ron? A seven-year interdisciplinary study of ancient animal DNA taken from 2,000-year-old Dead Sea Scroll fragments has provided researchers with new and surprising insight into the Jews and their theology on the cusp of the fall of the Second Temple. The breakthrough study reveals that the various scrolls from which the fragments come were written in different locations along the Dead Sea, and in some cases even far away from it. This new theory is based on new evidence that part of the Dead Sea Scrolls corpus was written on calfskin, which would not have been available in the Judean desert. Previously, researchers had presumed the parchment was made from goats, which thrive in that area. The pioneering new DNA methodology may also now enable researchers to group together some of the thousands of disparate scroll fragments that experts have for decades been unable to match. This is one well worth watching uh, in the future. And another quick comment here, Ron, because that some of the scrolls may not be from the Dead Sea region, does that compromise the integrity of what uh, researchers have been looking at in the contents of the scrolls? What are your personal thoughts around that? Well, we note that in the discoveries, two fragments from the book of Jeremiah reflect differing versions of the book, which themselves also stray from the biblical text as we know it today. The ancient DNA proves that two copies of Jeremiah, textually different from each other, were brought from outside the Judean desert. And this is going to be a thorough investigation and one which we will find intriguing. Well, it's all a part of the research process. Uh, Ron, under the Trump peace plan, Joshua's altar site may be outside Israel's border, according to a leader of the settlers. What's the story here? Yeah, concerns have been raised by settler leader Yossi Dagan that the archaeological site where the biblical figure of Joshua is supposed to have erected an altar could end up being outside Israel's border under the peace plan. Efforts are currently underway to map out the precise areas in the West Bank, which the current U.S. administration is allowing Israel to annex. But Dagan, who opposes the aspects of the Trump plan, granting the Palestinians a sovereign state, said that sources have told him that Joshua's order may be on the Palestinian side of the border. The site is located at the foot of Mount Ebal, close to the Palestinian city of Nablus, and is deep inside the West Bank. The author of Joshua bin Dun is one of the most important archaeological findings in the state of Israel, Dagan said. The basis of our rightful claim to the land is places like Mount Ebal, 
Mount Gerizim, Shiloh, and the Cave of the Patriarchs. The altar of Joshua is one of the only testimonies to the entry of the Jewish people into the land, and the state of Israel cannot abandon it and certainly not give it over to the hands of our enemies, he said. And that's not the only archaeology story in the news. And these stories around archaeology are so important because that sort of research affirms so much of an understanding of the integrity of the Scriptures. Archaeologists may have also here identified the Jezreel winery that's featured in the Bible. How does this one look? Uh, yeah, in the books of Kings 1 and 2, the winery of Jezreel is the setting of some of the most gruesome episodes of greed, violence, sin, and divine retribution. Researchers have identified elements that confirm the excavation carried out in northern Israel is compatible with the biblical narrative according to a paper published in the latest issue of the Journal of Eastern Mediterranean Archaeology and Heritage Studies. The winery was first discovered in 2013 and exposed in several seasons of excavations in following years. It presents several installations carved into the bedrock. Naboth the Jezreelite owned a vineyard in Jezreel, adjoining the place of King Ahab of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard so that I may have it as a vegetable garden since it's right next to my palace. I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay you the price in money. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give up to you what I have inherited from my fathers. That's 1 Kings 1.4. It's currently impossible to date with certainty the remains of the ancient winery that was uncovered not far from Jezreel, a settlement that has been continuously inhabited for thousands of years. The lead author of the study, Dr. Norma Franklin of the Zinman Institute, told the Jerusalem Post. However, different factors support the idea that whether or not there was a man called Naboth who authored the story must have been aware of the existence of the winery, only one in the compatible area. Another element that was very exciting for us was that several years ago, a nearby kibbutz sampled the soil in the area to find out if it would be possible for them to start growing grapes, Franklin said. The results showed that in the whole area, there was only one small zone that would be good for vineyards, exactly where the ancient winery stood. Well, isn't it exciting to be able to hear of archaeological discoveries that connect you to some of the most magnificent and exciting stories of the Scriptures? So when you talk about the prophet Elijah and the downfall of King Ahab and his evil wife Jezebel and, of course, uh, falling and dying at the hands of Jehu, that would have happened on that very site, which was uh, neighbouring the palace of King Ahab and Jezebel. Ron, great insights, as always. Thanks so much for scouring the headlines overnight, and thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.